pilgrims. It's time for your favorite world-traveling, Bible-toting, soul-winning, Satan-hating, tried, tested, and triumphant host, Pastor A.J. Harold. Just a quick reminder to not be weary in well-doing, for as peculiar pilgrims, we're just watching, waiting, and working. Buckle up, and let's ride. I'd like to talk to my grandchildren for about 15 minutes or so. So you other peculiar pilgrims, you just enjoy the ride, but this is really with my grandchildren in mind. Kids, I've made so many mistakes in my life. One of my first regrets was at my kindergarten graduation. I know I was only six years old, I guess, yet I remember it clearly. You may want to know what it was that I regret, but you'll never know. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. What it was isn't what's important, but what's important is that I knew better. Yet even as a little boy of just six years old, I was proving that absolute truth of Psalm 51 verse 5. The Word of God says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Kids, I was born a sinner. I regret that day and the event of that day, and at this time, the time of this recording, that was almost 40 years ago. Now, in first grade, I met the Savior. I was able to attend Gethsemane Baptist Christian School, which at the time was in Paramount, California, back in the 1980s. It's now located in Long Beach. First grade was so eye-opening for me. I started, obviously, at six years old or so, and by the end of it, I was seven. But my first grade teacher, Mrs. Paula Habril, she was absolutely amazing. She was extremely instrumental in helping me have a love for the stories within the Word of God. She taught me so many Bible stories, for at this Christian school, we started with Bible every day. I still know those stories. I still hear her teaching those stories. And of course, now as a preacher, I've made them my own. Now, my second grade, third grade, fourth grade, and into my fifth grade year, I can't say the same. I mean, really, I was just a poor student. I was a big mess as a young boy. I have more regrets than one 15 to 20 minute podcast could contain. By the way, I'd like to explain to you the word regret. The definition is this, grief, sorrow, or pain of mind. When I think of the time that I spent, or I could say wasted, between the second, third, fourth, and fifth grade years of my life, I have much grief, much sorrow, and much pain of mind. Of course, I do have tremendously fun and happy memories, don't, don't get me wrong. But I wasted so much of that time making some really bad decisions and bad habits that still plague me today. Now, sixth grade, that was like a turning point for me. I'm very thankful for my sixth grade teacher, Miss Melissa Rosenberger. She was my sixth grade teacher, and it was her first year. The Lord used her in a mighty way to turn my heart back to the Lord. Now, again, I know I'm only 12 or so in sixth grade, and you might be thinking, come on, turn your heart back to the Lord. Listen, even a child is known by his doings. I knew better in first grade. I knew better in kindergarten. 
I knew better at home. I just knew better, period. But it was in sixth grade that I have such a loving teacher who saw me where I was. I mean, she genuinely loved all of her students, but I'm pretty sure I was her favorite. At least that's probably how all of us felt. She saw all my shortcomings and truly helped me see a much better way of doing things in the classroom and out of the classroom. Thank you, Miss Melissa Rosenberger, for helping shape my life for the better. Now, junior high, seventh grade was okay, but eighth grade, it was rather hard. I mean, my mom was very sick. My dad was a professional juggler with work, church, supporting his wife, his older children, myself, his youngest child. I mean, I went to a government school in eighth grade, and it was a year of super regret. I said things I should have never said. I, I thought things I had no business thinking. I did things that I shouldn't have done. Regret after regret after regret. Put it this way. Only a very few of the students in that eighth grade class in my government school even knew that I was a Christian and that I faithfully attended church. I'm talking Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night for prayer meeting. I even went soul winning every week. But I was a walking hypocrite. I was a phony. I remember when a neighbor friend passed away in a very tragic fashion on a youth activity with the church that he went with. I remember being at his funeral and feeling so guilty for not ever sharing the gospel with him in junior high. I mean, he only lived a few doors down from my house, and I never shared with him the gospel. I never invited him to church. And as soon as I found out he passed away from his younger brother, I immediately felt conviction. I felt guilt. I had bloody hands. I could not believe that I didn't share the gospel with him. Well, I went to his funeral, and at his funeral, one of his friends got up and shared how he invited him to his church and how he got saved. I'll never forget the relief that I felt. Although I personally didn't share the gospel with him, and I was a hypocrite and a poor believer, I had a real dedicated disciple moment. I got all in with the Lord. That was the end of living in the what if and changed my life into the what if. Now, let me explain. We can easily live in the past. We can easily say things like, what if I didn't do that thing in kindergarten? Or what if I didn't act that way between the second through the fifth grade? Or what if I had a real relationship with the Lord in that government school and I tried my best to lead everybody to Jesus Christ by letting my light so shine before men instead of being a hypocrite? What if, what if, what if? See, I could easily continue this pattern. For high school, I've got some what ifs. College, early in my marriage, my parenting, my military career, career, even my ministry. I have what ifs all over the place. I could continue to live in the past that is filled with regrets by saying what if, what if, and what if over and over and over again. Or I could stop saying what if with regards to the past and start saying what if in relation to the future. Pilgrims, I cannot change the past. There's no reason to meditate on the past and live in the past by continually thinking and even saying what if. But 
I can see the day for what it actually is. Today is the beginning of the rest of my life. Let's change the what ifs of the past and let's begin to say, what if I get all in with the Lord moving forward? What if I witness as often as the Holy Spirit of God leads me to? What if I love my wife the way that Christ loved the church and gave himself for it? What if I live for today, tomorrow, and eternity, and never what if the past again? What if in the future I hold the church of the living God to such high esteem that I never miss a service again? Luke chapter 9 verse 26 says, And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Philippians chapter 3 verses 13 and 14, the word of God says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. By the way, this is Paul speaking. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Don't look back, forgetting those things which are behind. Grandchildren, maybe you feel that in this moment you're no longer qualified to even touch the plow because of your sin. Your past was so far from what you wish it would have been that you're living in the wrong what-ifs. Please let this Bible truth sink in. The Word of God says in Lamentations, okay, wait, before I share with you these very important verses, allow me to define what lamentation even means. It means expression of sorrow, cries of grief. It's the act of bewailing. The book of Lamentations can easily be called the book of the Lamentations of Jeremiah, who, by the way, was known as the weeping prophet. Kids, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to willingly stay that way. Yes, you blew it. Own it. I blew it. I'm owning it right now. Repent confess, forsake it, and please get up. Listen to these verses that comfort me often. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 and 23. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not, for they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Kids, when you're not faithful, Come back to a merciful, faithful, loving God. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Kids, we're not faithful and we're not just, but God is. Your heavenly Father is. Don't ever doubt that and don't ever forget that. Moving forward and pressing toward the mark looks like this. What if I believe that? What if I believe 1 John 1, 9? What if I say, who cares about my past? What if I accept the loving mercy and restoration of God? 
at my friend's funeral back in eighth grade, when I found out that he got saved before his tragic death, it really was a wake-up call for me. I didn't want to ever regret being a poor witness again. That summer at Bible camp, I got all in with the Lord, wherever, whenever, however, and with whoever. I'm not saying high school or my marriage, my military career, or my ministry currently has been perfect, but I'm still at it. I'm still pressing toward the mark. I got up. <laughs> Remember Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16 says, For a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again, but the wicked shall fall into mischief. Children, get up and press on. Kids, I met your grandmother. I met Sherry because I got up. God gave me 12 amazing children, and I steward those children because I got up. I am right now today, currently, in Gallup, New Mexico. I had the privilege of taking my family all the way to Nashville, Tennessee. They got to do seven performances at ACE headquarters. They got to sit and perform at ACE's Victory Celebration Banquet that they hold annually. Our children were highlighted. That's not an accident. That's God blessing the fact that I trusted in Him and I got up. I didn't quit. There were times where I wasn't okay. And there's times where it's okay to not be okay. But it's never okay to willingly not be okay. Get up. Don't just sit there. Don't just lay there. The just man falleth seven times and riseth up again. But the wicked shall fall into mischief. Get up and press on. Again, I met your grandmother because I got up. God gave me 12 amazing children to steward because I got up. In spite of my past, God has both restored me and counted me faithful, putting me in the ministry. Do I have some what-ifs of regret? Absolutely. From kindergarten to elementary to junior high, high school is flooded with regrets. College, even Bible college. Early in my marriage, my military career, my ministry full of regrets, but I'm going to forget those things. I'm going to repent. I'm going to confess it. I'm going to forsake it. I'm going to enjoy the mercy of God, the goodness of God, and I'm going to face forward. What if? What if you lived facing forward? Don't miss out on the blessings because you're dwelling on the behavior of the past. Revelation chapter 12 verse 10 says, And I heard a voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. But notice this part. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. There's going to come a day where the accuser of our brethren is cast down. And that right now, that accuser is before God, day and night, accusing you and accusing me. When you accuse yourself, you know what you're doing? 
you are doing the devil's work. When you accuse the brethren, you're doing the devil's work. Don't do the devil's work. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. Don't do his job. As believers, let's trust in the word. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Romans chapter 8, verse 38 and 39 says this. Now, this ought to bring you comfort. You may be struggling. You may be down, distracted, depressed, discouraged, defeated. Listen to this. As a believer, Romans 8, 38 and 39 says this. And by the way, this is Paul who persecuted Christians, who consented unto the death of Christians like Stephen. But when he got saved, everything changed. And he said this, if you think you're bad, think about Paul, think about Saul. And as a believer, this is what he said under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God in Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Moving forward, what if we stop living in the past and what if we lived in view of eternity? In my living room where I grew up in Compton, California, we had a sign that said, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and wisdom to know the difference. What if we live that out? James 1.5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that give it to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I'm sitting here thinking about you, grandchildren. And I want to encourage you, don't live in the what-ifs, don't live in the past, but just consider this. What if you got all in with God? What if you decided today, what if I did change my prayer life? What if I did change my Bible reading habit? What if I did change my memorization of the Word? What if I did change my friends? What if I did change my financial situation, my tithes and offerings? What if I just trusted in the Lord with all my heart and I leaned not into my own understanding and all my ways I acknowledged Him? And what if God really did direct my path? What if the steps of a good man are truly ordered by the Lord? What if I get all in with God? My family is so important to me. And I want to encourage you, grandchildren, let's not what if, and let's what if, and never let up. Thank you for listening, and I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and family. We would not exist if it were not for pilgrims just like you. If you'd like to donate to help us with the cost of these productions, use Cash App at Peculiar Pilgrims and you won't regret it. Also, you can email us anytime with your compliments, complaints, critiques, and even criticism at peculiarpilgrimspodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, fellow pilgrims, never let up.